0: You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 13. (laughs) This is part two, a sequel of podcast number 12. So if you have not listened to 12, if somehow you landed here first, please drop back and listen to 12. We'll be right here when you get back. I promise. We're not going anywhere. And you won't get what we're talking about if you don't go back to 12. Because I'm just going to pick up and we're going to roll on from number 12. So stop back there and then we'll see you back here. If you've already listened to 12, welcome back. Let's roll on. You saw how life was formulated for me because of that programming. And the thing that you have to understand is the intensity. It's not that it, if anything else were normal, there's no argument here. There, there is no issue. But because of that 200 times intensity... That was the catching deal of why those first 22 months were so dramatic when all of a sudden that was gone. It was a separation breakdown. And look, I was a kid in the 60s and a teenager in the 70s, and I didn't rebel. I really was a great kid growing up because I didn't want to deal with that 200 times upset. And that's also why the religiosity fit in so well for me. Well, also because there wasn't really a choice, but that's beside the point. It was either live or die. And I say all of this in the context of my mom passed away just a couple of months ago in February. And it was because of this healing, this process that I'm talking about with you in this podcast. And what happened to me through what I'm going to outline in this podcast allowed me to be at her bedside with my brother, and his wife holding my mom while she took her last sips of air and so this material and this work that you can do and that i did allowed me to be in that place and so this is not dishonoring my mom for who she was she was who she was this is honoring her by the very process of saying that you and I can change whatever was given to us look at she did the best she could and that's what i saw that mother's day in that service in dallas was just the the veil pulled back and i saw her heart and it just made me weep now look at this was my story and you have to catch what it was for you and you'll have to do your own work with this for me it took about 18 months probably before all of the context of this came into place. But it took me gathering resources from a lot of different places before I could package the whole thing together and get the clarity. What worked for me may not work for you. The ingredients of what I'm going to tell you in this podcast may not work for you. There's also a context that you, you know, I, I listened to uh, to hours of of material and hours of these uh, broadcasts on Hay House Radio and listen to the Science of Getting Rich and Kelly Howell's Brain uh, Brainsync.com programs and just all of this, it took all of this together combined and the ingredient of time. So if you're in the midst of it and you're trying to see your way out of a dark box, just hang in there and stay with this process. And give it the ingredient and the seasoning of time and just stay in the inquiry of wanting to get to the bottom of it because that's ultimately what got me there. What you're looking for is that package of how you are the way you are, why you look at the world the way you do, why you respond to things the way you do, why you interact with others the way you do, why there are personality conflicts in relationships where they show up, why some things work in your life and why some things don't. So from this early programming that takes place in those formative years of our life, two things start to happen. Life itself programs us. We begin to develop belief systems based on correlations between if-then situations. If I do this, then this happens. Therefore, I believe that X plus Y equals Z. But the problem is we often build that as a hard-fixed rule about life. And the older we get and the more that we start to have more experiences based on our reactions and interactions from that early programming then life unfolds either positively negatively or for some i guess neutral but from that early programming life starts to unfold and then we narrow down our rules and our beliefs because it's happening to us the way that that original programming starts to unfold for us And see, the problem with this is you just don't have to look very far else outside your life before you see somebody who has built a different set of rules and a different set of beliefs. And life is working for them according to those rules and beliefs. And that negates your rules and beliefs. And you have to be really careful what you hold on to. Let me give you two examples. Remember from previous podcasts, the pastor who, when I was about 25 years old, told me that I was his biggest disappointment. And that subconsciously programmed me for the rest of my adult life. And it was so subtle, I didn't catch it. We were sitting in Vail, Colorado when that happened and there weren't any fireworks up on the mountain and there wasn't some plane flying by with a banner that says, Thomas, you're the biggest disappointment in my life. It was subtle. It just was a passing statement and the conversation went on, but I didn't hear anything else. Take in contrast, former President Carter. My friend Stuart Couch, a couple of podcasts back, the one on life and death programming. Stuart is involved with the Carter Center and has known President and Mrs. Carter for many years. And he was recently down in Georgia at a conference down there. And Stuart and I were talking about the excitement of that. He was really lit up by the weekend. And we were talking about President Carter, and I was telling him that how I thought President Carter was so amazing because here was a man who came from almost relative obscurity. I mean he was a he owned a peanut business in Georgia and then became governor of Georgia and then one day ran for president and became president of the United States. And President Carter has written about this, but Stewart reminded me of the story that a schoolteacher, one of his schoolteachers in class one day said to the class, It wouldn't surprise me if one of you boys grew up to become president one day. Now, there were so obviously several boys in the class. I don't remember the exact story. President Carter has written about it, but nobody else heard it. But President Carter, Jimmy Carter, young student Jimmy Carter, in a passing moment, the conversation went on, caught that. And it stayed with him. And his subconscious mind became programmed. that He said, you know what? I'll, I'm going to become president one day. Is that not, does that not send chills down your spine? So you see how the package of you comes together? Genetically predisposed to certain things. Very early formative programming from your environment, from your parents or whoever raised you, whoever was in your life at that time. All of the emotions, all of the circumstances, the happy, the sad, the intensity, the dysfunctionality, all of that goes into a big package that becomes you and you start to experience life. Life starts to unfold according to that experience and then you start to develop rules and beliefs about how life is. Now, look, I know some guys who I've hung out with over the years who are amazingly successful and it's just like they came out of school that way. I remember one guy in particular who ended up in the real estate business here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he came out of college and literally stepped into this amazing job. His personal aura, his energy is so amazingly high all the time, and he's been that way for the last 30 years, made tons of money, and been tremendously successful in a booming, what over those period of decades, was a booming industry here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Well, guess what? Life didn't hand him what it handed me in those early years. He got a different start So by college, he had developed a bunch of beliefs and rules that life was a playground. Life was a fun place, a sandbox, and he was going to go have fun, and he was going to make a lot of money doing it, and that was his belief system, and it served him according to those beliefs all of his adult life. He stayed the same. Family still together, great career, stayed at the same church all these years. Life is good. He would turn this off because it's not for him, but for those of us who had a different path and things started out differently, we have some work to do. But you can see how all of those experiences develop who we are. And so when we launch into adulthood, that's the vibration, like I was talking about my friend. That's the vibration that we go out into life with. And that's the vortex. If you watch Esther Hicks and Abraham on YouTube, that's the vortex that she's talking about. That's the law of vibration. That's the energy around the law of attraction. You see how that is so early programmed into us and then life starts to unfold according to that programming and we're not aware of it as kids. I guarantee you my friend thought that that was just the way life was and he would look around and wonder why so many people had so many challenges because his psychology just wasn't there. He couldn't couldn't identify with it. I would look at a guy like that and say there's a freak of nature. He's not normal. Or you look at him and you wonder how in the world does a guy like that get so lucky? It wasn't about luck. He had just formulated early on in his life a series of beliefs that that could happen for him. Here's something that will knock you between the eyes. I'm reading Frederick Dodson right now. The book is called Parallel Universes of Self. He says this. He says, everybody in your life is somebody that you attracted. You think, oh, no way. Well, that's why I said this will hit you right between the eyes. But if you think that you are a resonant magnet... Out there in the world. That's the law of attraction. That's Esther Hicks. That's Abraham. That's the vortex. That's all of this. When you step out your door tomorrow morning, you're a magnet out there in the world. As I read over those sentences several times, absorbing the magnitude of that statement, I took a piece of paper out and started to write down some of the major people that had showed up in my life through the decades, wrote them down over on the left-hand side of the page. And then on the right-hand side next to each one, and I left some space underneath each person, and I wrote down what state of mind I was in. What were the things that I was most interested in at that time? What were my passions and desires? Where was my heart? Where was my thinking? Just what was my state when those people showed up? (laughs) And And then I listed some of the characteristics of those people and who they were in my life at that time, positively or negatively. And when I looked at who they were and where I was, there was an amazing similarity. So I would just suggest you try it on. Everything that's in your life right now, everything you have or don't have, all the people, the places, the things are all there from your resonating magnet out there in the world. Now, let me tell you about Darren Weissman. That's spelled W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N. Darren Weissman. He's out of Chicago, and he's one of the Hay House authors and does a radio show on Hay House Radio. He is a chiropractor but has done a deep-dive study into all of this and has created from his medical practice and from his, his observation of his patients, he has created this amazing thing called the Lifeline Technique. You'll have to do your own research on what that is. But I want to tell you how it affected me because it's an amazing process where he goes into your energy field and literally can read all the way back to the defining moments in your childhood and even beyond if it warrants. And so one thing that that opened up to me is I kept listening to his material and I would listen to him interact with callers on the phone and how they would respond when he would get back into those years that I've been talking about. And one thing that I had to destroy was my rule about how far back this programming could take me. Because I think I had really built a rule that I guess life begins when you're a teenager or something. I don't know. But I didn't think those early years were that important. But in listening to Dr. Weissman go through these lifeline, this lifeline technique procedure with people on the phone, he would always get back to something that happened early on. And in some cases, he would even go back to the womb or something that was going on before the womb. And he would start to talk about situations going on in the mother's life or something going on in the home when that child was in the womb. And like I said, for me, it just became destroying another rule because somehow I had a rule that that didn't matter. But in the lifeline technique, Dr. Weissman would tell people in, let's say, at the age of seven, you were in an environment of fear. And when he would say that, you'd hear people gasp on the other end of the phone or they'd start laughing if it kind of triggered them that way. And in some cases, they'd start crying because it would just hit them that, oh, my gosh, that's and it would just, you know, when you get to the root of it, when you get to the bottom of all of this, it is so liberating and so freeing. And it's like the lights go on at that point. But I think we often build such a veil over those early experiences that we literally just almost black them out. Now, this is such a surface skim of what he does in this process. It almost doesn't do it justice, but I want you to get the sense. Let's use my example. If he were doing this lifeline technique on me, he would be able to literally go back and identify through his process. He would be able to get to 22 months. He's able to count it down. And he would say, at the age of 22 months, you were in a situation of abandonment and fear. And he would be able to see what that caused in my life. And then he would ask, at the age of 22 months, if you knew everything you knew today is the context, would you choose fear and abandonment as the defining characteristics of your life? Would you choose that consciously? In other words, would you say, I'm going to go out and live the rest of my life in fear and abandonment? And, of course, it's almost a silly answer because, of course, it's no with about five exclamation marks behind it. And that's the point. It's not that we chose it. We were programmed into it because at 22 months, we didn't, I didn't have the conscious ability to analyze my life and say, if I choose to do this, then I will likely have this certain outcome. It just was stamped into me. And I, as a little human soul, began to react to my environment in the best way that I could figure out at the time. And then what Dr. Weissman would ask is, what do you choose now? What do you choose today? Do you choose fear and abandonment today? I would say no. And then he would say, well, because you have a choice, what would you choose? And I would say things like confidence, security, pride, contribution. At that point, you define who you want to be because now you have choice. Yeah, but, 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 but. And at this point, I want you to catch because at this point right here, you are fighting against your past. And whenever you see the words, yeah, but... Show up in your internal conversation. Catch that. Stop right there. Get your journal out and write down what that yeah, but reaction is. Yeah, but life isn't safe. I can't go there. I can't do that. Somebody will let me down. And your yeah, but is the pivot point that's keeping you from what you could become and what you can today right now choose to become and your past. It's the bridge between you and your past. Yeah, but dot, dot, dot. So catch your ya butts. That's your resistance. That's what's keeping you in your belief system from going where you want to go. You got to break those ya butts down and they're strong. I get it. They're strong. And I also at this point just want to recognize again that no doubt about it in my mind with the numbers of downloads that this website is starting to generate that some of you have had abusive scars in your past that are beyond what I could even imagine. My heart goes out to you, and I am incredibly sensitive to your pain. You should continue to seek the best help you can find, but only you can determine when it's safe enough for you to look deep inside and don't go there until you're ready. All I can tell you is that I was a tough case, emotionally. My scars were very deep, and I can tell you that the resources and the process of how I changed my life. This is part of the process that I used, and these were some of the most dramatic parts that really made the shift for me. And I got to tell you, I am loving my life right now. So if that gives you hope that you can get there, but you have to get back to the point where you say, I have the ability to choose, and I choose dot, dot, dot. We are indeed going to go into part three. And when we get to part three, we're going to talk about how to lay down our identity. Because when we're able to finally release what doesn't work for us, that's when the universe opens up. And it is a very magical playground out there. My name is Thomas Miller. I'll see you over on number 14. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner.